Hi everybody, Jay Worthy here, back with you for episode one of the 28 Summers podcast. If this is your first time listening, be sure to check out the pilot episode that we did last week. That includes a little bit more about me and my personal journey to living more adventurously, as well as some of the backstory behind the name 28 Summers and the philosophy of this podcast. If this is your second time, thank you so much for coming back. It really means a lot to me. And actually, I've been really blown away by the number of people who have downloaded and shared uh, the podcast. It really means a lot. And I'm, I'm so grateful for your support and for you listening. And I hope to be able to give you some great tips and ideas today on this podcast. So 28 Summers is all about finding purpose, living more adventurously and optimizing our lives. It's about squeezing out every ounce you can from our experience on planet Earth. And I'm really excited today to start sharing ideas and suggestions with you on ways to do that and how you can bridge to this life of purpose and connection with nature and the great outdoors. But before we get there, I do want to talk about something which has become increasingly important to me over the last few years. And in my mind, it's actually a crucial part of the journey to living more adventurously. It's all about the need to create space, space for all that fun, adventure and purposeful living. Because the truth is, often bad habits have to make way to provide space for healthy habits. And making that jump is just is so difficult. It's never easy. You know, our world is always on. We're surrounded by so much noise, social media, these infinity pools of content that we scroll mindlessly through without clear reason or objective. You know, I'm, emails never stop pinging. It's kind of like a, a lucky or not so lucky dip, if you like. Each one has got the hidden potential to completely derail your day or crash your mood and your energy levels. And, and I'm a firm believer in controlling the controllables. I've learned through trial and error in my life that you have to really focus on the things you control and then control them. And so in episode two, we're actually going to talk about the power of morning routines or, or rituals, as I like to call them. And we'll talk more about powerful hints and tips and hacks that will help you take control of your morning so you can control the controllables and really own your day and make space for all that adventurous living. But before we even get there, we do need to talk about ways to find calm, to seek out peace and, and create space for all the good stuff to flow in and all the noise to push out. And for me, this has been really a big deal because there was so much going on in my life that I needed to start doing things that would create space, that would give me freedom to think what I wanted to do next. You know, interestingly, as a young kid, I grew up near the beach. And you know, back in those days, you could roam endlessly after school without your parents worrying and with your friends just having fun. You know, I was kayaking, swimming, running, cycling, climbing. We did it after school, all day in the summer holidays. We were truly free and enjoying nature. As a young boy, I could tell the difference between different types of hawks or navigate over large distances without a compass. And I found fun and excitement armed with just my imagination and a, and a few sticks. And yet, as an adult, I quickly lost touch with that sense of adventure and that connection to nature. And it's really easily done. And I speak to people all the time who recognise that they have lost that playfulness and adventurous spirit that they had as children. And often they have no idea how to get it back. And, and I was definitely in that camp. I'm sure many of you listening will feel a bit stuck in the daily grind. Groundhog Day rolling from one day to the next. A fixed routine, minimal excitement. 
you know, maybe even making excuses for all the reasons that you're too busy to be healthy or active or adventurous. Probably desperate to break free from the monotony, but maybe too scared to do it, unsure where to start or afraid of what other, others may think. And, and I was all of those things at one point over the last few years. So this episode today is all about ways to break free, to get going on that journey and reconnect with a, a more primitive, less distracted version of yourself. I promise you it absolutely does not mean deprioritizing your family to spend more time on yourself. In fact, if you do this well, your family will get an even better version of you. And if you do it really well, they'll come on the journey with you and you'll all be happier for it. I like to think of it as kind of painting the canvas white or deleting the text so you can write a new ending to the story. And if you do it really well, it's incredibly cathartic and it will create that space, like I said, so the seed of ideas can settle and begin to take root without being disrupted by the noise. So where do we start? Well, I think that's fairly simple. I'm a big advocate of the great outdoors, you know, green therapy, rewilding, whatever you like to call it. My main advice to anyone looking to get more balance in their life is to actually get outside and reconnect with nature. You know, our lives are so busy that we often tend to use the land around us to, to get on with everyday life. But my question is, do we really know it? Do we really see it for what it is and the value that it brings? Seneca, the Stoic philosopher, said we should take wandering outdoor walks so the mind might be nourished and refreshed by the open air and deep breathing. I love that. And it's so undeniably true. Away from the hustle and bustle of life and distractions of our busy lifestyles and always on world, we're suddenly free to slow down and we have permission to look around and really engage with the world around us. I was recently paddling down the Thames in my kayak and I saw a kingfisher fly low across the water. I'm 42. In over four decades of my life, I have never seen a kingfisher in the wild. It was such a majestic bird. It was such a privilege. And I just couldn't get my head around how I'd never seen one before. And the answer is actually blindingly simple. I was just never looking properly. So... Veronica Strange wrote, though they move through the same world, people see, understand, experience and value quite different things. They can walk around the same water, scuff the same dust and sit under the same trees, but they're just not in the same place. That's pretty deep, but it's also 100% true. So if you're still with me and you agree that rewilding and, and connecting with a more primitive, natural sense of yourself is a really great first step to living more adventurously, then Hopefully you're going to enjoy the rest of this uh, podcast. If, if you're still not with me and you're a bit sceptical, that's okay. But please listen on. Just stick with me. What's the worst that can happen? In today's episode, to keep it simple, I just want to share five tips with you, which I think will really start helping you to transition from this podcast and a desire to be more adventurous and optimize your life to actually rebasing and reconnecting with nature. I've got plenty more which I plan to share with you, but for now, let's start with five easy things and let's see how we get on. So here goes. Number one, get up early and go for a walk. Now, I know that sounds pretty basic and pretty lame, but when I say early, I mean really early. I'm talking get up and see the sunrise. Walk slowly and listen. The birds waking, signs of the animals that have been foraging and hunting overnight. It's all there to see and hear. 
every single day. They will never let you down. Nature all around us is industrious, busy with this life of purpose and clear goals. And it's incredible to witness that when you finally focus in on it, it really helps you think about your own purpose and how you're living your life. And honestly, everything looks different at 4.30 in the morning. It smells different. It is different. It's impossible not to be taken with the beauty around you and then begin to let go of the residual stresses that you're carrying around with you. And if you're not a morning person, if that's your gripe here that you you like the idea but you're never going to get up and watch the sun rise, that's okay. Go for a walk in the evening. Watch the sun set. Or better still, go out when it's dark. You know, after the sun has set, and experience nature in an area that you know uh, when it's dark is a completely different experience. Your senses will be heightened by the dark. And despite not being able to see in the traditional sense of the word, you're going to probably see more than you could ever imagine. Okay, tip number two. I suggest you work on identifying what you're seeing. And this is a big one. A lot of people kind of react to this because they just don't see themselves as naturally focused on nature or being very good at identifying flora and fauna. And I get that. And, and I definitely have considered myself in that category before. But it's still a really powerful exercise. Don't worry so much about being accurate with what you're seeing, but just start to recognize the differences around you. How many times have you walked through a woodland or a forest and just made an assumption, a subconscious assumption that all of the trees are the same? And in truth, they're probably very different. Now, you don't need to know your oak from your ash, but start looking at the bark. How is it different? The shape of the trunks, the leaf colours, the contours. It honestly doesn't matter if you don't know which one is which. But taking the time to notice that process of trying is enough to start creating new new processes for you and and unlocking new potential for you as you think about the, the great outdoors that you're going to experience. And it really has two huge benefits. Number one, over time, you will start to learn to be able to identify these species and understand your environment more. And that has to be a good thing. But secondly, perhaps more importantly for this kind of rebasing of your life, you leave no space for negative thoughts. No residual stress is in there. You're so busy focusing on the difference that you're seeing around you and how the species interact and live alongside each other that you don't have to worry about the stresses that you have in your life because you can just be present and enjoy the view and that then creates this space for your mind to wander and that's where the magic happens. Tip number three, this is a big one that a lot of people may find difficult but it's also a really easy one to do, you just have to take action and it's ditch the headphones. Now, even if you like to listen to audio books when you go for walks or go for a run, which I accept is a great way to consume content, um, it's also powerful to leave the headphones at home sometimes. Just take the time to listen to your own breathing, your feet hitting the ground, the the twigs cracking underneath your, your foot strike, the wind, nature all around you, the birds singing. And it can be highly meditative. And that's a really interesting one because I think the concept of meditation at least for me and for a lot of people I speak to, conjures up these images of monks in robes sitting in silence. And I learned a few years ago that that just simply isn't the case, Uh, or at least it doesn't have to be. That is certainly one way of meditating on the spectrum. But meditation, in my mind at least, is really just about freeing your mind from 
being busy and allowing it to wander and go where it wants to go and at all times just enjoying that ride you know actually being out there and free running or free walking without the distraction of technology is really a great experience and will really help you start to zoom in on you know this adventurous life you want to live and how that can be done in balance with nature tip number four is go on a micro adventure and this is you know probably one of the biggest myths when it comes to this notion of living adventurously it doesn't always have to be an epic huge challenge it's not always about climbing mountains or rowing oceans this notion of micro adventures which is this phrase coined by Alistair Humphreys, um, who's a great author, he's got fantastic podcasts, an incredible adventurer. I highly recommend you listen to him and read his work. Uh, I just think this notion is so powerful because it really breaks down the barriers to living more adventurously. You know, it's all about just, hey, check the weather. Is it going to be warm and dry? Grab a sleeping bag, some snacks and some water and head out to a high point near you or camp out in the garden under the stars. That's, you know, that's a micro adventure and there's no barriers. There's nothing stopping you. I promise you there's no better way to feel connected to nature than to have the solar system as your ceiling. Okay, last one, tip number five. And in, in truth, this probably should be tip number one if you're thinking about adventurous life and rewilding yourself. And it's, it's huge. It's, it's about saying no to blue light. And I know that's kind of crazy. I always think it's kind of ironic when people who use social media as a medium to talk to people and have a conversation with communities then chastise people for looking at social media too much. So that's, that's not what I'm saying. I love social media as, ne- as much as the next person. I mean, I would say that, you know, on Instagram, which is where I tend to spend most of my time, I, I follow people and brands that are inspiring to me. So a lot of that content is really powerful and and valuable to me. But irrespective of who you follow and the type of content that you consume, maybe we should start with just, you know, getting some guidelines in place. And I've got a lot of hacks and ideas on how you can get your technology usage in balance. Um, But for now, let's focus on just one simple thing. And that is 90 minutes before you go to bed, put the device down. And I know that's difficult. I know a lot of people like to lie in bed and scroll through, scroll through their device. And we all do it from time to time. But it's really a double negative for you. Firstly, that blue light is really a big mess for your brain. Your brain doesn't like it because it's interpreting that light and feels like it's daytime. And so it's naturally fighting this desire to go to sleep. And then secondly, and probably for the purposes of kind of clearing your mind, it, it really does um, create this, this kind of complexity in your mind where you're trying to go to sleep, but all you can think about is all of these things that you've been consuming, which it often is not a good thing. And it could then have a knock-on implication for your quality of sleep. And living life adventurously, in most part, stems from having energy and being energized when you wake up in the morning Uh, and being able to go out and do some of these cool things that we're going to talk about. So, you know, for me, make sure you get your sleep right by saying no to blue light. And you may be just amazed at how valuable that change is because you will feel so energized when you wake up in the morning. So there you have it. That may not be what you were expecting, but there's some ways to kind of cleanse your palate, if you like, to actually create space 
to then start thinking about this adventurous life that you'd like to live. They're five simple ideas. They're nothing major or groundbreaking. And even if you aren't yet totally committed or you're unconvinced but curious enough to kind of keep listening, uh, why not give one or two of them a go? Honestly, you might surprise yourself. So that's it for today. I'll be back soon with episode two. And that's going to have a bit of a dual focus. So as I said earlier, we'll talk about the power of morning rituals, which I think can be transformational for a lot of people in terms of achieving their goals and living a life that is really purposeful and adventurous. But we'll also get onto some of the really fun stuff. And I want to do top tips for planning your first bigger adventure. I'd also suggest you look out for some bonus content. So I've been playing around with this idea that I'll have some quick fire content that I'll drop in between the weekly podcasts uh, with just little ideas on micro adventures you can take but then also a little bit of the detail on how you do those things but they will all be focused on kind of minimal planning no experience necessary and and minimal equipment needed just an, an open heart an open mind and a hunger and an appetite for a bit of adventure and then finally please do look me up on Instagram you can find me on there uh, as at one day adventurer um, I probably don't win any prizes for marketing but the idea there is you know one day we can all be an adventurer and, and be able to be proud to call ourselves an adventurer but then also one day it doesn't always have to be this epic multi-day multi-month challenge sometimes you know adventures can just be an hour they can be a day um, so I know I don't win any marketing prizes, but that's where you can find me. The one is the number one. So it's at One Day Adventurer. I'd love it if you tried some of the stuff that we talked about in this podcast today and actually contacted me on Instagram, tagged me in some of your photos and shared with me some of the experiences you had. And I'm really hopeful that they are really powerful for you and help to set you on your journey to living more adventurously. So that's it from me today. All that remains to say is stay healthy, stay happy, and remember to live your life adventurously. 